Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Hey, everybody. It's Blotso Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. As always, it's me and Phil Goyette at Phil of Sports, P-H-I-L on Twitter. And our regularly occurring guest star. He's no longer a special guest star because he's been on the show so much now. He's more of like a guest. Well, no, a guest star would be brief. A special guest star would get multiple episodes and then moves into full-time status on the crew as a regular cast member. It's Benjamin Chase, everybody. Welcome, Benjamin. He's our he's our regularly scheduled Ben. Yeah, there we go. Regularly scheduled Ben. Ben, Ben. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my Mr. Seaver from Growing Pains. Uh, yeah, Ben's here, and you can follow Ben on Twitter at Big Gentle Ben, a fine young man in his own right. Ah, uh, I actually posted the video on Twitter. Somebody saw it on the Plausible Podcast Twitter feed. Two L's, two Z's. Utah about Ben predicting, two. basically predicting. I'll say it for him. He said one of the top nine prospects to look for back on May 4th was Cal Mitchell. And Cal Mitchell made his Major League debut yesterday driving in a run. How do you feel about that, Ben? That's pretty exciting stuff. Well, I mean, it's good for Cal. He's one of those guys who just he finally started to put things together this year beyond just being passed up a level by level. And he was... One of those guys was a big-time high school prospect and finally was starting to look like a legit guy that could contribute at the major league level this year at AAA. Like, he just been had been pushed up because, well, you didn't do bad, but you didn't do great, so let's push you up a level. And so he finally got to AAA, and it's like, well, you're actually looking good now. <laughs> so maybe we should try out this, you know, Honky donk think we got going on here in Pittsburgh. So um, it's not like anyone's stopping him from playing in Pittsburgh. That's for sure. So no, no. Uh, Phil, what did you think of Cal Mitchell? Were you just as excited, or did you have a slightly different take? I honestly, well, he wasn't on my radar. I didn't really see much anybody talking about him as a potential call up. So Ben was really all over it. Yeah, um, and he, you know, he's still pretty young. Like he just turned twenty three. So like Ben said. If it just started clicking for him at AAA this year, he's not really off the schedule, right? And he's a was a prep pick, uh, which takes some more time for them to grow sometimes come to fruition. So maybe he's just, like, hitting the stride. I think that's a safe bet. 
Cal Mitchell, we're not going to talk about you for the whole half hour because we only have 30 minutes. So welcome to the big show. And Ben is a guy you need to follow. Like I said, Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. He's also in our Discord. You can join the Discord for free if there's no strings attached. It's at the top of the Twitter feed. There's a Patreon link and the Discord link. You just click on it and come on in. And you can talk about whatever you want to. You want to talk about food? You want to talk about trading cards? You want to talk about prospects? With Ben, you can do that, too. You can do that with Phil as well. And uh, Phil also has his own Double Deuce Discord, which is a great place to hang out as well. Uh, really, everything I learned about Discord, is, I've taken it all from Phil's Discord. So let's be honest. That's what people do. You know, great directors, they borrow or steal. Great teachers, they steal from other teachers. This is how life works. Nothing new under the sun. It's all been done before it's all been done Woo-hoo-hoo. i remember that song yeah, bare naked ladies all right so let's get into today's show which is the mlb draft a tiny preview you know we're not going into a 30 minutes we don't have much but we wanted to at least set the table on the top dudes that you need to know about uh would you like to begin ben would you like to start with a player that you think first off let's lay it out the orioles have the number one pick Yep. And these days, can you explain how the draft has changed? Because by spending less money at the top now, people can spend more money on better players later on with the slotted available amounts of money in each round. Yes and no. As long as you've got all your picks, you can. Yeah. And that hasn't really come into play as big as it will this year, or at least as early as it will this year. Um the Orioles, and one of the things they've been kind of notorious the last few years when they've had top, you know, three to five picks that they've gone college hitter, they've gone, you know, things like that. And people have kind of gotten on their case. Folks forget when they had number one, Adley Rutschman was by far the best player on the board, and they gave him a record breaking bonus when they signed yeah. him. So, Everyone that's trying to predict, hey, are they going to take this guy so that they can spread the wealth? A, they've got a million and a half more dollars than anybody else in the draft. Actually, it's $1.8 million more than anybody else in the draft, no matter how many picks anybody else has, because they have that number one slot. And because they have that number one slot, they can be negotiating right now with everybody. You know, they nobody else can really start talking money with anybody Technically, um, now really the high schoolers, I mean, they really aren't supposed to talk money ahead of the draft, but the Orioles <laughs> kind of can. I mean, it's one of those where, yeah, you really aren't supposed to, you know, to talk to this guy and say that, hey, we're willing to give you this money at this spot. The Orioles can because the Orioles have that first pick and they can say, here's what we're willing to spend at the first pick. Um, and where it comes into kind of crazy is, yeah, the second biggest bonus pool is the second draft pick this year, the Diamondbacks. Makes perfect sense. Third biggest bonus pool is the Mets. The Mets aren't even in the top 10 in the draft. But they didn't sign Kumar Rocker last year. And because of that, they have two draft picks fairly early in the draft. And that helps them out this year. And they had a couple guys get away and, free, you know, free agency and things helped them out a lot. They ended up, they're the third largest draft pool. Wow. The third overall pick, the Rangers, they went out and signed everybody and their monkey's uncle that could play shortstop this offseason. All those guys had draft pick compensation tied to them. The Rangers have the 14th largest pool. 
the number three slot is $7.6 million. The Rangers' entire draft bonus pool is $9.6 million. Wow. So if they, if whomever they're looking at for the number three spot says, hey, I want all of your slot money, the Rangers are pretty much screwed the rest of the draft. So, yeah, the Rangers' past has been, we go after big talent. We're going to look for the toolsiest guy ever. And you're seeing a lot of folks put in really toolsy high school guys right there. But to me, it kind of, you, you got to look a little bit. They might be willing to make a deal with a less, a guy who might be farther down the board just because they don't have the money that anybody else playing in those first few picks does. So it's something to really consider. I mean, they're really not that much different than a team picking, say, 20th as far as overall bonus pool which that's something to really consider for where the Rangers might be thinking as far as when they start, when they draft third, people might go, holy crap, that guy's not even on the, he's not a top five prospect. He's not even a top 10 prospect. What are they thinking? That's where some of this stuff comes into play. It's not, in the NFL, that slotted bonus thing, there isn't the bonus pool that you then have to play with. It's that the slotted contract exists in baseball, you also have this overall pool that you're playing to as well. And the Rangers now have this pool that they have to play against along with their position. So that's where it's going to get a little hairy. Um, and you have a draft this year. I don't, it's very feasible. And I honestly, I don't have any problem predicting that you get eight picks deep without a hit or without a pitcher even being considered. The only wild card to me in the first round is the Royals. By the way, that pitcher, the, it seems based on what I'm hearing, Phil, the first pitcher off the board could be right up the road here. I got to get my ass yeah. up to St. Mary's. Yeah. Right around the corner. Yeah, Orchard, Lakes, Orchard Lake St. Mary's where uh, our Fenton lacrosse team used to break into their equipment shed and steal their lacrosse equipment. The rich kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're big. Yeah, Orchard Lake St. Mary's is a very private, big-time uh, athletic area. I mean, them and Catholic Central, these are some of the big private Catholic universities that have some of the best athletic facilities they always have. And um, his name, what is, what's his name? Uh, Brock Porter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brock Porter, yeah, yeah that's right. Did you see kid. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, gotta, I mean, the yeah. season's still going on. I gotta yeah. go up there. I could see that kid in person. Maybe he'd come on yeah. the show. I, I could interview him. Who knows? I gotta I gotta yeah. get motivated here. It'd be great to get him on here. This is a unique opportunity to have a guy who's <laughs> one of the top 10, 15 players in the world, I guess, for the MLB draft, at least from the college and high school draft. That'd be exciting to have him. Uh Brock Porter, is he why Phil, why is Brock Porter the guy here right now? And why is there such a lack of pitching at the top? Or is it because the way the draft is starting to unfold these days that they're not focusing on pitching as much is this just a fluke year you know it's sort of a fluke because a lot of guys have gotten hurt a lot of pitchers that could have went higher up the board have gotten hurt Um, I think Porter probably would still be near the top anyway even if the other guys were healthy I know like he's not new to the draft uh, community this year I think people were talking about him last year as a prep pitcher Hmm. Um, so he has a really good pedigree uh, athletic right-hander, I believe, has a good fastball. Um, 
The only real so knock skinny. I suppose. So skinny. <laughs> I think the only knock I suppose against him was maybe maybe that he's pitching in Michigan and not Texas or Florida or something. I think that matters less nowadays because these really big prospects. I mean, number one, he's he's pitching for St. Mary's. OLSM is like uh, like Mike Govier just said, it'd be one of the top athletic programs in the state you could go to. Um, so it's almost like a preparatory uh, for athletics. It's also a good academic school too. So, um, and then he's he's doing all the big events. So like he's facing the top competition at all the marquee prep events. So and it has been throughout his career. So I don't think that's really a, much of a concern. I can't imagine that MLB teams are are concerned about that too much. Um, I'm with Ben in that we probably won't see as many pitchers as we used to, but you know it's still early and somebody's gonna pop. There's gonna be some kid this spring who's touching upper 90s uh, prep arm and suddenly he's going to rise up board. So we'll see who that is going to be. Um, but uh, so piggybacking on a couple things Ben said, number one, that's very interesting about the Rangers being kind of handcuffed by their bonus pool and therefore maybe looking at taking a college player third overall. And I can think of one that might be a great fit. What about Jace Young? whose brother is a third baseman in the Rangers system. That's somebody that they could have a little more um, lean on maybe to get uh, the price right for what they're trying to do elsewhere in the draft. Um, so I think it'd be very interesting. I think in my mind, he's the best hitter, best collegiate hitter in the pit, in the draft, just as far as offensive talent's concerned. So that would be a fun one. Um, and then there was a very cool article, Jarrett Seedler for Baseball Prospectus, writes this article every year, actually, but he advocates for a team to blow up the draft. So you could go you could go over your bonus pool allotment. You just get, have to pay penalties for it. Penalties are, I believe, you lose two the next two first-round draft picks, uh, and then there's a big tax penalty where you got to pay a bunch of cash. Jarrett has advocated that this is the year the Mets should do it, and it makes a lot of sense because, number one, Cohen has the cash. Right. And doesn't really give a shit about throwing it away. So he would probably pay the tax. And then if you lose two future first round picks, how you're looking at it is then all the extra players you can take this year because you're not messing with the bonus pool. You can really sign whoever you want, throw enough money to sign it. Pretty much anybody you want, unless a kid that's really committed to going to college. Um, So as long as two of those, say, 10 extra picks you get uh, pan out, um, as first round ish talents, you could you could wind up ahead, uh, and this would be a good year for the Mets to do it. They've got five picks in the first ninety, right? So they could really kind of take five cracks at first round talent if they don't care about blowing the bonus pool because they could pay all those kids. They could take the best available player instead of having to mess around with the bonus pool. And see, one of the things you know we we've kind of skipped over talking that first pick, the Orioles, yeah. As they're looking, to me, um, you know, you mentioned that that Young that Young is probably the best, and, and I agree, he's probably the best power hit combo um, as far as the best overall contact tool. I I agree with a lot of scouts that Brooks Lee is probably your your guy. I don't yeah. know that he's a future. He's a college sport. player, right? Yeah, and that's the guy yeah. who I think of a pure college guy. To me, he's the one um, that's a future 
or that's a potential fit for number one. I've seen some other college guys mocked at number one. I don't know if if anybody else is truly going to fit at number one. Um, but as far as high school guys, you know, you've got four guys to me that fit at number one. Drew Jones, Elijah Green, Tamar Johnson, and Jackson Holiday. And then two, one, two former MLB players. Sons. Yeah. And yeah. then a former NFL player's son. Right. Former tight end, Eric Green. His son is oh, Elijah dude. Green. Eric yeah, Green was yeah. awesome. He played for the yeah. Steelers. He was gigantic, Tech, but he Tech could catch. Super he Bowl could legend. Move. And, yeah. Super Bowl legend, Eric Green. Yeah. Um, That's right. And then the last one is former, former MLB player's son, Cam Collier, who's in Juco right now. He's 17, won't turn. He's one of the youngest bats in the entire draft, won't turn 18. And I am starting to hear from folks that I talk to, a lot of people are talking about him as a potential Orioles pick. And I think that would be an incredible choice for them because he is a high floor guy, sort of guy. I think he's a third baseman or a corner outfielder, good arm, but he's only 17. He's a type of guy. He's a plus power, plus hit sort of guy. And he's already played a really good Juco program. I mean, Chipola's a good Juco program. So he's got exposure at that at 17. And you get a guy like that in, he's probably going to be willing to sign for a little bit less than the Drew Jones of the world. Um, but for me, if, if I'm in the Orioles driver's seat, I'm looking at a guy like that, or I'm perhaps looking at someone who's more high upside, like a Tamar Johnson. And that was Collier, right? Collier is, is the, is the Juco guy that I mentioned that I'm hearing a little more on, but, uh, but Tamar Johnson is the other one that I would really think is going to be, um, he's going to be a really good hitter. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, I've seen some folks who compare him a lot to Jose Vidro. Um, <laughs> if you guys remember Vidro, Vidro was a really bad defensive second baseman. Dude. He could slap the crap out of the ball and sometimes could get you 20 home runs. Usually it was a guy, he, he was a 40 double and 300 hit guy. And that's a really good hitter, and that really fits Tamar Johnson's profile. I don't know that Johnson's ever going to be a consistent 30-home run guy, but he can put the bat to the ball probably as well as anybody in this entire draft, college or pro, and maybe isn't a great defender anywhere, could hold his own a little bit at second, and maybe that's his future position. That might be that kind of you know what, he's going to be okay for our offense. He Let's get him. We can live with the whatever he is at second base. Yep. And that's where the Orioles go. I mean, interesting. They can, they can shoot the sun and go for a Drew Jones and Elijah Green, one of those big talents. A Jackson Holiday, a guy who's more of a, an across-the-board type of talent. But it wouldn't surprise me if they went for more of the high upside young guy with a Collier or a, or Tamar Johnson. 
Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Well, we're live here with Benjamin Chase, Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. We're talking about the MLB draft. Just a little bit of an introduction as it is May here, and the draft isn't for another just under two months. It's during the All-Star break in July is when the draft now goes on. Of course, Phil's here with me, Michael Govier, Phil Goyette, the Prospects Power Half Hour, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Make sure you follow us. Give me two. Free Discord at the top of that feed. A couple of comments I want to catch up on here. So Joe said, imagine trying to explain this to a casual baseball fan when Ben was talking earlier about the slots and the money and Phil was... This is not a great look for what should be something simple and fun for all baseball fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we all agree there. And then uh, Star Platinum says, I would have a hard time taking a, a high school kid early, but, you know... I don't know why it would all be a text, uh, like a context-based situation. Each team has their own needs, right? So yeah. I understand why I you say understand. that. In arm, you can understand. A, definitely in a high school arm. I yeah, that's one of the toughest areas to draft yeah. early. Yeah. But if you don't take that high school kid early on, you don't get like the Byron Buxton type or uh, Mike Rossello. You know it's. <laughs> Yeah. Rick Porcello was a fluke. Uh, never should have won that Cy Young. I've said that many times, but let's not go there. Uh, Christian, our main man, Christian, who's also in the Discord. What's up, Christian? Shout out to Christian. He knows just as much, if not more, about prospects than anybody else here. And he's going to be working with yeah. the Bluefield Ridge Runners as a coach this summer in the Appalachian League. He has his own channel in the Discord where you can follow along on his journey once that season starts next month, I believe. And Christian says someone is going to get a steal with Chase DeLauder because they're going to worry too much about the foot injury. Uh, quickly, somebody want to talk about Chase DeLauder? Big boom. I really, <laughs> yeah, I really like him. So um, Ben mentioned Brooks Lee um, as a kind of a, a collegiate all-arounder, shortstop, uh, switch hitter. Um, I I really like DeLauder's game and might be more excited as a fan to get DeLauder than Brooks Lee if my team's picking. Wouldn't have any problem with as high as the Orioles may be taking him, to be honest with you, because the talent is really special. He's a super athlete. Uh, He was probably the top player in the Cape Cod League last summer, so we know we can hit for power with wood bats. Uh, His arm is excellent. Uh, I think he can handle corner right field no problem if needed. He's looked like he can handle center field if needed, too. So um, he's kind of like a five-tool guy, plus he's got the college um, experience. So I'm a big fan. I do see something a little strange in his footwork when he's, sw- when he's swinging the bat. So I, we will see against better competition if that's something or if it's nothing. Um, so, But uh, I, I'm, I would be very excited about the lottery. I agree with Christian. I saw something like the Mets taking him in the middle of the first round. It seems like a great value to me. Hey, uh, Ben, Christian also follows up with the Orioles make too much sense because they tend to lean more towards the underslot guys early in order to pay more later. But you also said this year might be different. Didn't you say that earlier? Well, in that they they have a huge slot with that number one overall pick. So they can yeah. underslot a guy, still give him dang near a record-breaking contract and be a million or two million or three million under slot. Okay. I mean – they could come very near if they go for a high school guy because all of the, I believe, I, the top three biggest contracts ever given to a to a draft pick have been college guys. That's part of the deal is those big contracts tend to go to the college guys that are drafted number one. And Torque so, and Adley and yep. – uh, yeah. And so 
if you get if you get a a pick to let's say even Drew Jones, you might be able to get him for if the slide and I'd have to look at it. I actually have it pulled up. Let me pull down to the bottom here. What the slot for that exact pick is eight point eight million. And so let's say you get him, I think the overall record is like eight point one, and you get him to sign for seven and a half, you've saved still saved yourself a million three for later on in the draft and paid seven and a half million to Drew Jones. And that could st- I don't know what the record is for a you high school. Still, right. You're still really you might still be picking there. the same guy in the third round or whatever. Yeah, either uh-huh. way. Yeah. You still might yeah. get that elite guy later, but yes. it's a matter of being able to negotiate and going to someone like I mentioned, like Collier or Johnson might knock you down to that six, five, you know, or seven and re- save you darn near $2 million at that first spot. I don't know if they're going to go all the way down to chopping a guy at five. That seems that would be really low. That's something they've been doing when they've been picking number three overall, number five overall. They've been going for that guy where they save a couple million dollars. That seems saving a couple million is a six, seven million dollar player. And that's still one of those elite high school type of players this year. You don't have to go to the 15th or 18th overall player this year to do that. So fascinating. That's good stuff. And by the way, we had a quick comment from Anthony. We already talked about this earlier. Yes, the Mets got a comp pick for the Kumar Rocker signing following through. Anthony, glad to have you aboard. Good to see you, Anthony, here on the Prospects Power Half Hour. We got a couple more minutes before we hit the road. I was thinking, man, the Orioles. So you got Colton Kowser, uh, you got Kirstad, Kirstad, two. So they've taken, and Rushman, they've taken hitters at the top here a lot recently, but they already had guys like, as we've talked about in great detail, you and I, Phil, with D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez. They've got the pitchers that they like already, so they really aren't tied to having to do any specific position, or would you guys disagree with that? Well, I would imagine they're probably completely out on Kevin Pareda of Georgia Tech. Oh, the catcher? That makes sense. Yeah. He's not going to make any sense. Um, but other than that, I can't imagine that there's a position that they're going to be really worried about, you know, stacking up too many guys. You know, that part of the draft, you're picking first, you're going for best overall talent and just going to be trying to get the best guy in your system. Um, yep. I, when I was looking at the top five, the only team to me that looks like, hey, they might want to get somebody in that's going to move quick might be a team like the Nationals. Um, you got Soto there. You're going to maybe want to get somebody who's going to get up to the majors and play with him in a hurry to convince him to stick around um, and not leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that might be the one team or the Twins are at number eight, and they might want to look towards someone that could potentially help out within a couple of years because – They've got a team that's on the brink of, of competing or is competing this year and could compete for a few more years. Um, so those two teams sitting in the in the top 10 look like teams where they might have a, a goal to perhaps not look at the top overall player, regardless of position, regardless of talent at that spot. But otherwise, you go for the best player. Yeah, Christian just mentioned in the chat, like there's – They've got corners very well covered. But 
yeah, I mean, and they and you could argue that they've got really good defensive middle infielders, but they can't really hit great. Gunnar Henderson, I like a lot, but he might be a better third baseman. But you know, there it seems like everyone they get in their their system in the middle infield is a really amazing defender that hits. You know, like they're trying to stay above the Mendoza line. Um, that's... Pros has a great glove. Cons hits like he has a great glove. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Phil, who is the? Uh, okay, so we we know the Orioles have the top pick, and we'll talk more about the teams and who they might focus in on here in the rest of the first round another time. But is there a guy that you really like that we haven't mentioned yet who could sneak into the top 15 here? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm slowly putting my big board together. Uh, Jace young is a, I'm a big fan of. Um, so but I've looked at a lot of college players. Um, uh, an interesting kid. I found, we talked about the louder. Um, I don't know about top 15, but he might be somebody that gets into the first round, despite the fact that he is a first baseman, is Yvonne Melendez of Texas, who's uh, had a huge year. He's nicknamed the Hispanic Titanic. Um, He's a, you know, might be physically maxed out now, but I think he's a good athlete who should be able to maintain his frame. He's likely only a first base DH type, but man, he's got tons of power. Um, the one anecdote I saw is in the history of the Texas Longhorns home park, there's only been 47 balls hit over the batter's eye in center field, and he's hit three of those 47. Woo. So um, he's somebody I, I would not be surprised if he gets into the first round. Um, I don't know if we're talking the top half of the first round uh, because he is kind of like a guy with these old player skills, right? But um Melendez is an exciting prospect. We got a Melendez yeah. crushing it in the MLB right now. So, yeah, Same. yeah, yeah. My main man, MJ Melendez. God, why did I drop him in my home league last week? Killing. <laughs> oh. I will say for my own defense, in my own defense, I have Dalton Varsho as my catcher. So it was tough. It was a tough call. Yeah. Uh, another another guy that's playing really well is Trey Lipscomb. He's a kid that plays for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He's a senior and didn't really start much early on in his career. But he's been like, uh, they're a very good Tennessee Volunteers team with a lot of good hitters. He's kind of been like the best hitter in that very good lineup this year. Um, I like his swing because it's he's got a very simple setup and swing. Doesn't try to do too much and still can hit for good power with that setup. I'm enticed to see what he could do with some MLB development as well. Um, so he's a very interesting player, I think as well. I don't, it could be a first round talent. I don't know if it'll be a top half first round, but beautiful. So, well the, said. The the most in, yeah. Chris Christian brings up to me what'll be the most interesting part of the first round is relips one of them, but Blade Tidwell, who didn't pitch a lot of this year for Tennessee, um, but did get on the mound. Um, you got uh, Peyton Pallet, Landon Sims, um, Carson Wisenhunt, who was out for another reason. He got uh, suspended due to a performance-enhancing drug. Um, and then, obviously, Kumar Rocker, who didn't pitch for mm-hmm. in college for other reasons. To see where those kind of guys go will be very, very interesting to me as the first round goes, because I believe all of them are going to start coming off the board in the back half of the first round. So, or starting probably, you know, starting around that 17, 18 
and you're yeah. going to start seeing them filter off. Um, for me, the most fun guy to watch is going to be Noah Schultz. He's a high schooler from Illinois. He's no six foot kid, nine, yeah. and <laughs> he slings it from just above. Gross. Yeah. Like in between the three quarters and half yep. arm slot. Looks a lot like uh, Randy Johnson coming at you from that arm slot, although it's more 90 than 98. Um, but still, <laughs> I mean, he ended up having mono this spring, and if he wouldn't have, oh, I, I, I think he very well could be the guy they're talking about as the first pitcher off the board because he's just kind of got that type of stuff that major league teams can dream on and they think that they can do things with. And But yep. he's also part of a really impressive Vander, Vanderbilt recruiting class as far as pitching goes. And so there's going to be one or two or three guys that don't get picked out of that Vanderbilt pitching class that – end up going to school and they're going to, Vandy's going to have a really nice staff mm. next year. Um, so it'll be fun to see who ends up at school and who ends up getting drafted in the first round or two, because they're pretty much their entire staff next year is going to be in the first round or two this year as, as far as talent wise. Wow. So a lot of really good kids. All right. Well, that's a great way to wrap up today's show. Benjamin Chase, thank you so much for being here. Of course, he's in our Discord, and you can follow him on Twitter. You can DM him if you choose to. I'm sure he'll respond. He's a very reasonable human being. Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Phil Goyette, of course, my main man. Me and Phil doing this every week. Ben jumps in from time to time. We're so glad that he brings his expertise and his know-how and knowledge and his sensibilities. He's also a hilarious do, uh... human being. Maybe bully Christian into doing one of these draft ones, too. We can get the four screen up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now we're talking. Yeah, I'll just put myself on mute, and you guys go to town. I... <laughs> so don't forget, uh, we've changed the time now. Well, the time's the same, but the date is on Wednesdays. Now we move from Tuesdays to Wednesdays. I got some uh, work stuff now. I got to get out there and work. What the hell? It sucks. So I'm out there on Tuesdays working a bit more. That's okay. That's a good thing. But from now on, the show will be on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plaza Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs on Twitter. That's where you can find everything you need to know. Until then, Benjamin Chase, Phil Goyette, Michael Govier, thanks for stopping by. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.